All right, here we go. All right, I'm so excited. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, which should be everybody, if you managed to get ahead before we recorded it, please let me know. I want to know where you got your time machine. Um, this is XN Radio's Dungeons & Dragons podcast, currently unnamed. Hey guys, this is Editor Reese. I'm just popping in here to say that we do actually have a name and we're super excited about it. It's Moody and D. Anyway, back to the show. Uh, I am Reese Amstutz. I'm your dungeon master. Can we just get a walk around the table of introducing players and names? My name is Christian Majewski, um, and that's it. <laughs> Great. He's one of our players. We'll give that. <laughs> There's uh, nothing more interesting about me. That's all we need to know. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Perfect. Nothing more interesting. I'm Rachel McKelvey, better known as Prof Mac. I'm a player as well. Do I say my player name? Uh, we'll get oh. to that later. Okay. I'm Samuel Bowen. I am also a player and also the like engineer on the fly. Yeah, our, wonder, our wonderful <laughs> impromptu audio engineer. All right, so just a little background. We're kind of doing a session zero here uh, just to give people information, specifically you guys, about the campaign, the lore, who you're going to be interacting with, where this whole story is based, etc. Uh, so just to set the scene... This story takes place in a temple, or at least your society resides within this temple known as Kaizo. Uh, it is on the island of Zater and is part of the uh, continent of Dikaya, or rather hemisphere of Dikaya. It is based in a jungle. People do not know you exist. The society is entirely comprised of lizard folk, uh, aside from a few exceptions. Uh, the society is extremely accepting. Uh, while people don't know they exist, when people find out, they're certainly welcome. Um, but this isolationist uh, perspective formed a little while ago when the lizard folk ended up there originally. They were, um, they were, we shall say, worshiping for the sake of no better term. Uh, this ancient golden dragon benevolent leader that it was to them, albeit slightly selfish as all dragons are. It protected them in exchange for their praise, worship, followership. Until one day it died. Of old age, be it, or perhaps some other cause that was unknown. And that's approximately where we're going to pick up our story in the aftermath of that loss. Um your characters find yourself in this society. Uh, you know that within the society, there are four major, uh, they're kind of factions, but they're extremely fluid. I uh, think nearly nomadic society that was forced to settle, um, not a, not a well-established society, still very, uh, primal and tribalistic, um, very primary um, value is uh, community, societal uh, responsibility. Um, something that I wrote uh, specifically describing this, and this is something you guys have heard. The uh, the leader of the tribe, his name is Urthej, 
Uh, he says this every once in a while, as we give freely what is owed to each respectively, we take in those who find us and we, remind, we remain isolated and whole, but separated nonetheless. That's kind of his mantra to leadership within the Kaizo society. And so you guys find yourselves in there. And this being a session zero is really just kind of getting you guys plugged into the society itself. Since we haven't gotten a chance to really sit down and be like, okay, how did you get here? Who do you know? Stuff like that. Uh, So why don't we just go around and start introducing characters and start figuring out how do you guys know each other, if anything at all? Uh, Sam, you're probably the most inherently linked to this society. So why don't we start with you? Oh, boy. Um, Okay. Well, my character is uh I forgot how you pronounce it but I believe it's Ima Draku which is Greek because I'm a nerd um he is a warforged sorcerer so uh he's also a draconic bloodline sorcerer yeah so a little bit of background on that character what Sam and I did um building this character he was like i want to play a warforged i'm like i don't know how that would work and then you were like i want to be draconic bloodline i was like oh i have a way this will work um so sam just so you're aware you are aware of your creator um we're using the stats of a warforged but he's technically a stone gull uh your creator is a uh an artificer blood hunter combination situation named surak Yes. Um, And he used his knowledge of machinery and blood magic to create you from the heart of the ancient gold dragon. That is how you run. The innate magic born within a heart of an ancient gold dragon. That blood flows through you. And he took those things and he pieced them together and made you who you were. And so that's where you came from. Uh, Your purpose was to be the new defender. Now that the gold dragon was gone, they needed something to watch over the city. And nothing's happened in the past... How old would you say the character is? Three years? Three years. Okay. I like it. I like it. Nothing's happened in the past three years. Nothing where a dragon would have needed to get involved. Nothing where you would have needed to get involved. But it's still built into you. You know there's something within your mind that is like... This is my purpose. This is why I exist. And so that's a little bit behind your character. And you're aware of the major leaders of the city. Um, Like I said, there are those four factions. Erthej, uh, like I said, is the main leader of the city. Um, He is... uh, He's a stoic individual. Strong leader. Quiet. Speaks when he needs to speak, but aside from that, is going to lead through character than anything else. And you know of him very well because you've had to be involved with him really, uh, really frequently. Um, you also know well Migosk, uh, who is the uh, leader of the militia, which is one of the other factions. Um, and it's just your the local group that exists to protect uh, on smaller levels, exterior things that might threaten the temple, but nothing bigger, nothing that a, nothing that you would need to be brought into, but you were trained um, and put in co- into contact with these people frequently. Um, 
The other two people who you're functionally aware of, but you don't work with a ton, are uh, Rashik, uh, the uh, female lizard folk druid who leads what are known as the harvesters. They're the people who actually provide sustenance for the people within the tribe itself. Um, actually keep this society functioning and alive so that nothing devolves into chaos. And then there's the leader of what's known as the tribe. It's everybody who's not one of those first three factions. Uh, and his name is Ark. And uh, like I said, male lizard folk in this situation. Not, um, but there's nothing in particular unique about him. He's no fighter. He's no um, nothing magical about him. He's just him. But he's a good representative of the people. And so those are the four individuals that you know, um, and you know them pretty dang well. Uh, then why don't we pop over to your character, Prof. Matt. Could you introduce us to your character? And then we still have yet to plug her in at all, so let's get her in there. Awesome. <clears throat> so my character's name is Adra Rushford. Oh, I love that. Assuming. Yes. Um, she is a rogue charlatan. And uh, what else do you need to know? Well, we're still figuring this yeah, out. Yeah, so we, <laughs> this is how so many uh, D&D campaigns start is, oh no, the session's in 12 minutes. We need to put the character together. Um, so Adra is, um, she is this uh, this lovely little variant. Um, I imagine her is kind of like a, a, you stand out, but you also try not to stand out. And you stand out because you're the only lizard folk who actually has that chameleonic ability that you have where you can just change the color of your scales at will. Whenever I want. Yep. And so that is something that you bear that is completely unique to you. Um, and so I imagine you grew up with this society. So you know of all these people. You're probably more acquainted with uh, Rashik and Ark more than anything else. Um, being... I don't know what this character's interests are, um, but given the fact that you chose the charlatan background, I'm imagining it was just a tribe member to begin with. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, until eventually, I'm sure, your character found interest in sneaking around and being fun and sort of functioning as almost the, uh, the comedic relief of the tribe. Um... But do you want to, let's just, I want to have a conversation with you, figure out uh, more a little bit about where do you think, what do you think is her like biggest value? What do you think she wants to bring to the tribe? I think uh, for Adra, one of her biggest capabilities is just to bring peace among people, yeah. um, play both sides, can kind of is able to see where people lie and kind of, uh, she's very in tune to other people are telling the truth or not and so um i think in a she just wants to survive and not just uh at a basic level like yeah. have some level of thriving within that and so getting close to whoever is can make the decisions yeah. um but not necessarily she doesn't want to necessarily pull the strings but have yeah. enough clout to like you yeah. know if, if um for moody so if stuff goes down yeah she's gonna be on the right side <laughs> yeah absolutely um so can i ask how old is adra 
wondering if Petra out of feisty lizard folk live. Remind me how long they live to sixty years, uh, technically, okay. uh, but there are magical things that can stop them from dying, and there are also things that can age them really fast. I play a lizard folk character in a couple other campaigns, and I'm terrified of our dungeon master bringing in a magical effect that ages my character because it could age me out of existence because he's already old. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. So you got sixty years. Um, Somewhere there, I'm gonna go fifteen. So okay. So a I little like bit it. youthful, naive in yeah. her ability. I think just how like always having this ability to work people has yeah. made her a bit m- more confident than she should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, so she's got a little bit of that youthful ignorance, but she like her her intuition has not failed her yet. So yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. So um. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm seeing just this spunky, like everybody knows you're a teenager and you so don't act like a teenager, but you also do act like a teenager and everybody's just like, I, I guess we put up with this now. Like, what do we, she keeps barging into meetings. What do we do? Let me be. Yes, precisely. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like, uh, Rashik would have taken you under her wing, um, to an extent, not in like, like, you know Rashik. She's a she's a very kind and understanding individual. She is not um, she's not the same sort of uh, stoic that Erthej is. Um, and then Migosk is very much just like this. I'm angry all way, all the time, but Rashik is kinder. She is softer. Uh, so often in Dungeons and Dragons, lizard folk are characterized as having no social skills, but I hate that. Uh, so my lizard folk in my campaign setting do have social skills, and they're nice people. Um, so yeah, you know Rashik. Um, she's a very kind individual. She's very uh, warm and loving. Um, but not so much that you would feel like, why are you patronizing me sort of situation. Yeah. Um, and then, Christian, why don't we talk about your character for a sec now? Because this why? is just phenomenal. <laughs> um, okay, so my character, uh, his name is Niklaus von Germain, um, oh short for Klaus. No, Klaus is short for the rest of it. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, um, English is my second language, so if I make any mistakes... Is it really? Yeah. I did not know that. What's your first? Polish. I'm Polish. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You do not sound like I would not have <laughs> pinned you as Polish. Look at that. We're still learning things about each other. Yeah. Okay, go. So if I make any mistakes, please correct me because, I, yeah, yeah, I make totally. mistakes. Um, so yeah, so Klaus... Um, he is a bard charlatan. He's also a tiefling. And not to give too much um, away, but he is the heir of a an ancient kingdom called Germania. And that's all I'm going to say. Germania? Germania. And he talks like this. <laughs> yeah. Whoever before me. He's very nice. Um, so Klaus... How long ago do you think you showed up at this society? I feel like you showed up at least a year ago. A couple. Not even a year. I think maybe like a couple of months. I'm only about 20 years old. Yeah. I don't really know how old I am. Like I myself, as a a character, I don't know how old I am. Um, Yeah. Awesome. So you showed up about, yeah, we'll say, let's say three, four months ago. Sure. 
And like I said, they, they, the, the society doesn't refuse entrance to anybody. <laughs> um, but you're definitely pushing their buttons, I think. You've explained this character to me before. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of leader of everything in your mind. Exactly. And so I kind of came to the society and I declared myself king. Right. And so he's like, if you guys have ever heard of the historical figure uh, Emperor Norton, he's a man, I think it was the 1940s or something like that, or maybe it's the 1800s. He basically went crazy and declared himself Emperor of the United States and Protector of Mexico. And this was in San Francisco, and he basically just declared himself these things and then started going, okay, so because because I'm Emperor of the United States, I'm going to need some stuff. (laughs) And they just gave it to him. Like, the man was basically homeless and crazy, and he survived off the pity of others. And so that's kind of what I think of when I think Klaus here. He just, he kind of showed up one day and people were like, well, I guess we got to deal with it now because he's not a bad guy. He's just wrong. <laughs> he's just insane. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you, you're aware of everybody. You're like functionally aware of every single person here. You know who everybody is because that's how you work. You, Urthej, and the leader, Urthej, uh, entertains your fantasies of being leader of this society. Um, I imagine you kind of came up and were like, oh, look at all these poor lizards who need my help sort of situation. Yeah, uh, just as another note, I think I also think of myself as like the most evil person imaginable. Interesting. Like, I think I'm an evil emperor. Yeah. This is phenomenal. Interesting. Um, so Urthej kind of like, you don't know this, but you two know this. He entertains Klaus over there. He's just like, yeah, buddy, what do you think? What What do you think we should do? You know, pretends to give him the respect and the second he's out of the room. All right. So now that he's gone, <laughs> just one of those conversations. Um, I would love to figure out how you guys met each other. Um, you've been there the longest. Um uh, Adra has and so I imagine um, you would have known Surak who created a friend of her how do you pronounce that name again Sam? Uh, Ima. 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 Okay. So wait I, I kind of missed that so you're a construct? Warforged yeah. Okay. So he's a warforged uh, which is our way of getting game statistics for him to be a stone golem. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So the name is Ima. So you were around when Surak created Ima. Um, and I imagine the second a part of the temple was closed off and behind bars and they were like, we're working on something. You were like, well, really? I guess I am too. <laughs> Let me help. I want to help. Yeah. And so you undoubtedly barged back there and saw this. How, how tall is your character? write that down yet how would how tall would you like him to be how tall can warforged be you're a stone golem you can be uh, we'll say less than 10 feet but keep it below that eight feet cool (laughs) so you basically saw this like twice the size of most people well not twice the size but pretty like pretty tall yeah it was it was probably a little daunting the first time like okay this is going to be my friend. Everybody's going to have to listen to me now. And you got the, what was it? The heart of the dragon in you? Yes. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. And so I imagine the day that you were revved up, basically, the second the Suarak was right, like, okay, I think I, I think I got this. I think I can figure this out now. You just sort of stumbled, <laughs> like, just camouflaging with the wall. I'm not here. <laughs> um, and so I imagine... As, as is the case with most things, uh, when they first come to life, you kind of imprint it on her. It was just like, okay, cool. We friends. Like, you know, Surak's your creator, but like, Adra, that's your friend. And so you guys have known each other for, it would be three years now. And then everything was great for, you know, three years. You got to, you were off doing a lot of military training, um, uh, Ima, and then one day this crazy tiefling guy shows up out of nowhere. If I can speak for Adra at all, I feel like that caught her attention as well. A hundred percent, because crazy always means something's going on. Oh yeah, um, I love that. I love what that is. I love it. Okay, I'm so excited to be able to play this campaign. Um, so now that we've kind of established how you guys know each other. Um, and a, a couple things about the city. Uh, I just want to open this up for you guys to ask me questions about the lore, about the world, uh, literally anything at all. Some things I may answer, you are not allowed to know that. <laughs> Other things I may answer, okay, only you know that. Um, but I want to hear what your questions are because this is an entirely homebrewed world. None of this is from any of the existing campaign settings like Greyhawk, Dragonlance, Forgotten Realms, anything like that. So hit me. Uh, just a really quick question. Do, are we supposed to remember all those names? Uh, you will not have to remember all those names. Okay. I have a lovely 188-page campaign setting for myself so that I can keep track of everything. Cool. Uh, so I can keep track of those. I would love once we actually get the campaign running for you to keep track of some of those names. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. But if you need help in the first like official session... That's no problem. Okay, That's good. perfectly good, fine. Good, good. I can I can help you and remind throw out a couple names. Okay, good. Anybody got any questions about the lore, about the world, about what were these people, what happened to this dragon, all that stuff? Yes. What is the dragon's name? So the you do know the dragon's name was Kazarash the Benevolent. Uh there is uh you don't know a ton about how he died. You know he died. You know that um, it was, it had to be something significant to kill an ancient dragon. Um, and this is more Adra would know this because you were there. Um, the dragon was not like a, a, a traditional dragon who had giant piles of gold and gold and gold and gems and all sorts of fun and fancy things. Uh, this dragon in particular... Um, found its hoard in you guys in the people of the city itself and so that's why it got the name Kazarash the Benevolent um, is because while it was still a selfish motive to protect a bunch of people it did protect a bunch of people um, you do know that it spent the majority of its time in a space in the temple that you still have not been able to find Somewhere in there, you know there's a door. You've heard rumors and talk of it in your slinking around. You've heard Arthaj and Migosk talk about, especially in recent months, things coming towards the door. 
things moving in that direction, you know there's a door somewhere. And it's a door that needs to be unlocked. It needs to be unlocked. Because it's, it's hiding something right now. Um, but you don't know precisely how the dragon died. So that's about all the information you have on the dragon. You know he was, he was a very nice dragon. Very nice. Have we seen the corpse of the dragon since he's dead? Or is it just someone told us that he's dead and we believe it? You have not seen the corpse of the dragon. You know that some corpse must exist because he's running on a dragon heart. My lovely friend Emo over there. He's definitely running on a dragon heart. So a corpse must exist, or at least some remain must have existed, but you have not seen it, no. Yeah. Um, so you said that this entire setting is in a temple, right? Yes, yeah. So there's a massive, uh, basically rainforest jungle, think tropic style uh, jungle surrounding this that really is, uh, and there's a mist that surrounds the temple itself uh, that has just been sort of like an arcane barrier that you don't know exactly the origin of. You mm-hmm. just know it's there. And that's what keeps people from getting in all the time. Um, and that's, you You were the person who didn't care about the mist and was like, huh, fog, jungle, dark? Sure, why not? <laughs> and so that's how you ended up there. And that's why there are basically nothing but lizard folk here. Okay, okay. Um, also, how old is the society? The society, so because it is very primal and tribal in the way it runs, does not have records of its own age. Okay. Um, Sam plays in a, another campaign that I run in this same setting. Uh, that these So these two campaigns that I'm running are actually happening simultaneously, um, running parallel to each other. So Sam, you might know the actual year, but the society does not. Kaizo does not know uh, what year it is. They do not have any concept of that. They are really, they've been, either they were never united with society or they've been divided from society so long that they don't care anymore. Would his character still like know the date? Because like he stumbled That's into true. It? That's a good, although you I wouldn't. Know, would I? You wouldn't. I, wouldn't. I don't think you would. You just want to have kept track? Or, I, I don't know, because I did. I don't think you would care enough though, would you? I, I don't know. Honestly, I didn't think about that. Would you care enough to remember the day? I would probably care enough to ask someone at some point, but it wouldn't really make any sense to me anyway. <laughs> so collectively, we can determine you would ask someone in the in the temple, "Hey, what year is it?" No, like outside, oh, of outside the, the outside temple. of the temple. Okay. Well, in that case, you would know if I. I'm remembering from my notes correctly, that it is roughly 870 AD, or not AD, uh, AC. Okay. Yes, roughly 870. 870. Um, You, huh? You said AC. It's it's not that kind of AC. (laughs) Um, uh, But yes, you would know it's roughly that year-ish space. Um, 870, okay. You don't know what AC stands for. Just given your current mental state, I am I am guessing that it's after Kerberos the Destroyer. Sure, we can. <laughs> I, I am fine with Klaus thinking that. Um, yeah, so that's that's roughly what time it is. Okay. Um, but whether you've decided to keep track of the month and the day post that, probably not, or even remember what the third digit in the year was. You just remember it was eight seven, and then there was another one after that. Yeah, and then I just stabbed the guy. 
So yeah, you guys know that it's, uh, I imagine you would have had conversations about this at some point. You're aware that it's 870 AC according to someone. Someone outside the temple has determined it's 870 AC. You don't know how they got there. You don't know what it means, but you know somehow. You don't even really know where I got that information from. It was just some kind of town by a lake. He could be lying. Uh, Also, I was about to say, it's close, so I don't know if we truly believe you in the time. I don't know. Knowing what we know about you. (laughs) Um, Have lizard folk been allowed to leave if we are the, for lack of a better term, the dragon's horde? Was he benevolent enough to let people explore outside of this? And just to add on to that, how big is the jungle around the temple? Uh, the jungle from your wandering, Klaus, uh, you know the jungle itself is pretty dang big because it took you about three days to get through the mist mm-hmm. and you were in the jungle for about a week before that. Okay. So it's significant. It's... It's a it's a good hike to get out of the jungle, and you only get to the temple through the mist by sheer luck. Um, so it's big. Um, the dragon, uh, Kavarash, uh, did I say Kavarash or Kadavash? I can't remember. I have Kazarash. Kazarash, yes. Um, Kazarash, um, he would have let people leave, um, but it was always with a warning of you don't know what's out there. There's a reason we stay here. Okay. And so that is what you know about the outside world is it exists. We're allowed to go, but why would we? And are you sure that it was sheer luck or was it just willpower? It could have been willpower. We do not know. <laughs> have people left before? And if so, what type of people? Were they the brave people? Or were they the... I'm so sick of life, like, I could die here in the temple or I can just die out in a jungle. Were they the town idiot? So you know of a grand total of two people who have left, left before. Those were people who defected from the militia. Uh, They didn't have moral reasons for doing so. They just wanted to know what was outside. Um, And the militia does explore the mist periodically. Um, mostly just to make sure that there are no external threats getting in, uh, large predators, uh, animals, stuff like that. Um, nothing in the way of humanoids are they fighting against, so far as you're aware. Um, the two people who tried to leave, uh, one either succeeded or died, you don't know, and the other one came back. What did he say when he came back? Uh, he said the same thing that the dragon said. You don't want to know what's out there. It's way better in here. So that's that's really your uh, your reference for what our campaign setting looks like. Um, keep asking me questions if you have them, because there's still um, there's still things that can be known. I don't know what they are yet, but when you ask the right questions, I'll know. Um, I will say the mist, so far as it has been explained to y'all, is not a negative thing because clearly Klaus came through it and was fine. It didn't mess with his mind so far as you're aware. Klaus is the same person through the mist as he was when he entered the mist. How would they know that, though? How would you know that? True. (laughs) True. (laughs) And so as far as you're aware, 
The mist does not do anything to someone's mind. It just seems to be a natural phenomenon that happens to be protecting this space. Um, it's not like you walk out the temple and it's a nice, lovely forest for about 100 feet and then there's this dense fog. It's just sort of an element of it's outside the temple. It's uh, not inside the temple because it's still got walls, um, but it's it's not like, okay, this is very clearly ominous. It just appears to be a natural phenomenon. And there are times when the mist is lighter. There are times where it's thicker. It's, you know. So is the whole society in the temple or is that yes. just like the, oh, okay. Yes. So everybody lives within the temple. It's a fairly large temple, but it's also not a really big society. I mean, I assume dragon it would have to have a yeah. big temple. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you're looking at like with Klaus, uh, probably about 150 people. It's not a very large society. Lizard folk die fast. You know, like if this was if this was a temple filled with elves, you know, we'd have thousands of people within a matter of years because they live for 700 years. But because lizard folk die after 60 years. The society stays generally really well balanced. You're not breeding like rabbits. So, Other than Klaus, what other outsiders, if any, have come in and been accepted to our society? Uh, you know about 30, 40 years ago, there was one guy, um, a human individual uh, who went by the name of Carrier de Rue, who made his way to the temple and remained there until he died. But aside from that... You said he came 30 years ago? 30, 40 years ago? Approximately, yeah. What stories do we know of him? Or what stories have I been asked out of people? You him? have been able to get uh, out of various uh, elderly within the society. They were a bit more open about who Collier was. Uh, Collier came because he was fleeing from a war. He was a refugee from war. And so... I. Uh, he was generally closed off. He went into the jungle looking for an escape, and he found it. He got lucky. He didn't know you guys existed, but when he found you, he joined your society. He was a kind uh, individual, uh, functioned as sort of a second-in-command to the leader before Arthej. Um, and then it was uh, when that previous leader died that Collier took over for about two years, and then Arthej was raised up in his place. Um. So yeah, that's the only story that you're aware of. Uh, they don't come through very often. There, It's a very rare occasion for uh, a non-lizard folk or even just a lizard folk from outside of the society, anybody, to come in through the mist and stay. Um, much less come at all. So, yeah. um, A question for Klaus or about, yeah. Yeah. Because um, obviously when it, once I got there, and I saw this poor society that needed my help. Yeah. Um, I would have explored my kingdom. Yes. To at least know what I'm ruling over. Yes. How much do I know about like the internal infrastructure of the place? Uh, so you know the the temple itself is shaped kind of like a um, it's shaped kind of like this eye sort of situation. So it's got uh, the main front gate, mm -hmm. and it comes up and around, and then it's got a small indent, and then you've got two levels. I. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in this indent here, there's a wall that closes it off, and those are natural gardens. Mm -hmm. And then the second floor is used, uh, half of it is uh, garden space, and half of it is residence. Um, and it's just large enough that the uh, children have space to play and have fun. Um, and uh, there is this one uh, 
center column sort of situation that exists uh, right in the middle of that uh, uh, that indent. Mm-hmm. Where inside the walls there's this space, and it's got a hallway around it, and there are two doors on each side. Um, and then when you pass through, it's just a hallway um, with uh, crude paintings of uh, just sort of like with uh, various uh, berry juices and just like you know primitive paints of uh, of the dragon of former leaders, stuff like that. Sort of a memorial to who we are and why we're here, sort of okay. situation. Uh, is there any sort of basement? There does not appear to be any lower floor so far as you're aware. Okay. With the dragon, yeah. did he interact with the lizard folk with us regularly, or was it he just protected us? I, The dragon itself um, was very much a protector, um, more like... Uh, he was not like a militaristic leader. That's why there has always been a leader of the tribe. Um, but the dragon has been like uh, the, like, should he say something that overrides the leader? He's the person we listen to. We don't listen to the leader at that point. We listen to the dragon because the dragon knows better than the leader. Um, but rarely did that happen. Uh, the dragon was more in contact with uh, the primary leader than the tribe itself. Um, however, there were times where the dragon would come out and just play with the uh, play with the younger lizard folk and just sort of sit around and let children run all over him. You know, he was a like I said, a kind dragon, um, but still a dragon. You know, it was not it was not someone that you looked at and you're like, man, he's super cool. It was like, man, that's a dragon. You know. <laughs> That's that's an ancient dragon that's like a hundred feet tall and they're not that big, but you know, significantly sized. So for my character, uh, did she ever try to like finesse the dragon? Uh, especially if he came out to like play with the younger lizard yeah. folk. Like when she was younger, she'd try and use her powers of chameleonness to yeah. get in good with the dragon. Yeah, totally. So here's the thing. The dragon liked you, but the dragon was still stoic. The dragon was still, you know, like sti- like even when we talk game statistics, um, your character has what? A wisdom of 13, 14, 12, something like that? 12. 12. The dragon was about twice as wise as you. Okay. About twice as charismatic as you, twice as intelligent as you. Ancient dragons are not stupid. They can tell when people are trying to finesse something out of them. So you would get little bits of information, just enough to make you know young Adra go, "Oh, hey, look at that! I got behind the scenes. I got some information." You know, just enough to make you feel that where he's still like, "That's that's cute, kid." You know. <laughs> so what information do I think I have that maybe others don't? Well, that depends on the questions you would have asked him. Uh-huh. What would you What would you have asked him? I feel like a natural one is. What is beyond the mist? Why don't we want to go out? And to that, you would have gotten the very calm, you do not want to go out. It is not safe out there. It is safe in here. That is why we stay here. Outside there is war and destruction and unhappiness. But here we are happy. We are safe. And so we stay. And that's, that's about what you would get except in a way deeper pitch than my vocal cords can produce. And Russian, apparently. <laughs> and Russian. 
Well, somewhat Russian. I'm not going <laughs> to I this is a disclaimer for everyone who ever listens to this. I am not going to claim that any of my accents are actually anything. I will pretend like they are and when I get them wrong I can say, "Well, I wasn't doing that accent." It's that's, fine. I I love it. Yeah. So, that's uh and uh, that uh, Russian equivalent is basically how I'm going to treat Draconic. So mm-hmm. that's how you'll recognize, okay, this character speaking in Draconic, that character is a lizard folk. Uh, is, it will be some sort of a Russian sort of situation, Eastern European. Um, so, cool. yeah. Do we have a question or I'm no? Try, I do. I'm trying to think <laughs> of how to phrase coming it. Up. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I'm in my brain right now. Um, why lizard folk? Dear what? Dragon. Okay. Yeah. I did not pick the lizard folk. They picked me. They found me. And they wanted me to lead. And so I do. They wanted me to protect. So I do. It is not for myself. It is for them. I do not collect you. I protect you. That's the answer you would have gotten from that. So there you go. That's 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 Kazarash, the benevolent. Any other questions you guys want to ask Dragon? Well, he's well that you want to ask the Dragon Adra while he's still alive, because the second this conversation ends, that dragon's dead. <laughs> oh. Welcome to fantasy and acting out of time. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm still working on my character voice. Yeah, so no, you're good. Session you're good. two may sound, or session one may sound a bit different. Absolutely. I mean, I'm glad that the lizard folk found you, and obviously I think that we're great, but I feel like as a dragon, I might sometimes wish to be surrounded by other dragons. So do you ever feel lonely? Like, I feel like it would be lonely to be the only one of your type. It is not a lonely existence. Other dragons fight. I do not like fighting. I enjoy peace. That is why I like the mist. That is why I like you all. Because you do not fight. But other dragons would fight. Other dragons, for the most part. There are a few exceptions, but they are mostly very selfish and very paranoid. They do not like other dragons. They want to kill them because most dragons are obsessed with gold and money and treasure. Not to use, but to have. It is an obsession. And so I stay away because I know I would be the same way if I were around them. And I do not like being that way. Wow. Sounds like... You've maybe experienced it before? Like, what What was younger Kazarash like? Kazarash, when he was younger, was a very angry person. And I do not like being angry. So I left that. And I went into the mist. And I found you all. And I helped you build this, our temple, our home. And so here is where we stay, because there is no anger here. There is peace. There is no fighting. There is peace. There is no war. 
have you what what would you do if the lizard folks started fighting is that would you kick them out or I don't know like what would happen if we started fighting amongst ourselves they do not fight have you noticed this the lizard folk do not fight because they are happy there is no need for fighting there is food to go around there is a room for everyone they would not need to fight but if they did we aim for peace we do whatever is the shortest path to peace that does not cause further conflict I do not know what that would look like in that situation because it is different in every situation it depends on what they are fighting about if they are fighting about food then we show them that we have enough food if they are fighting about not having enough space then we show them where we have space but it looks different in every situation we got any more questions for the dragon I want to keep asking, but I have sick brain right now. So my brain is... No, nah, you good. You good. <laughs> if you come up with a question, we can pick it back up. Okay. All right, friends. That's where we're going to end this episode of Moody and D this week. We'd love to see you back here next week. Have a wonderful week. We love you all. Bye-bye. <laughs>